Welcome to Beyond Athlete, where we explore the intersection of business and athletics. I'm your host, Ben Andrews. And in each episode, we dive deep into the mindsets, habits, and routines that have propelled world-class athletes and entrepreneurs towards their full potential. From goal setting and teamwork, to resilience and mental toughness, we share practical tips and strategies for success in business and life. Let's get started. You are in for a treat. I have Coot Blacksom on the show today. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. First of all, I got to tell you, I was introduced to you by a friend of mine uh, about six weeks ago, and I've devoured uh, uh, a couple of your books online or audible. Um, you, you are one of the biggest rays of sunshine I did not even know existed. So wow, wow, thank you thank again you. for coming on the show. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to my my friends, uh, your new friends. Uh, well, thank you very much. It's great to be here. I'm excited to be here and just appreciate the warm love and the welcome. And yeah, look, what I do is I help people transform. I don't really coach people. I uncoach, I unteach, I untrain people from the patterns of conditioning that really prevent us from expressing the the truth, the authentic essence of who and what we really are. I've done this for 20 plus years. Um, very intensely, very rigorously, one-on-one, small groups, large groups, seminars, everything in between, and the written two best-selling books. And so for me, um, inspiring people to be their most authentic selves is really my passion. I love it. That's beautifully said. How did you come to this? Did you have a rough childhood? Did you have a great childhood? What um, is it that took you down this path? On some level, I was, you could say I was sort of born into it in one way. I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. Uh, so I'm from everywhere and nowhere. Now I live in the, <laughs> in, the, in the U.S. And as a kid, I was a very empathetic kid. So I felt people's pain very deeply. And there was always a part of me that wanted to alleviate suffering in some way. I didn't know what that would look like exactly, but there was a, a deep desire. And so some would say I, I had a bit of an unusual childhood. For me, I thought my childhood was quite normal. I thought it was just like everybody else's, but I found out it may have been a bit different in that uh, my first memories as a young boy, uh, six, seven years old, uh, I remember being lost in the crowd in Ghana, West Africa, seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand, the gravel that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And so week after week, I grew up seeing, I mean, call that a miracle, but week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. The same uh, man who whose gravel she picked up would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, why are you, why are you in this wheelchair? Stand up. You're not, you're not sick. And she would stand up. And so I, I, week after week, I grew up around this sense of possibility and people often mm -hmm. say to me like was that stuff real is it like a scam is it like I grew up seeing it every day this man was my father and so I, I grew up seeing behind the scenes so to speak right. and um, my father was considered a miracle man of Africa he built 300 churches a huge church in London many many churches in Ghana and he was a very spiritual mystical kind of guy and so I was blessed to grow up in this environment of possibilities where everything felt possible. And I think another blessing was it it didn't seem extraordinary to me. It's, it's all I knew. So it just seemed very normal. And uh, my mother was Buddhist. And that was, 
you know, very normal for me. And so I grew up meditating with my mother, going to church with, with both of them <laughs> on Sundays in this eclectic yeah. environment. And so around age eight, I began speaking in my father's churches. He threw me in the audience one day and said, speak. And that began my speaking career. Age 14, I was basically ordained as a minister, given the, the mandate to take over my father's organization. I was supposed to be his successor. Everybody uh -huh. was happy but me. And I basically knew deep in my heart that this was not my path. I knew deep in my heart that I had a, I had a, different, a different destiny. But I think at 14, I was too afraid to speak my truth. My fear was if I, if I, if I spoke my truth to my father, that I would lose his love. I'd be outcast. I'd be alone. And, and I said nothing. And I allowed fear to, you could say, hijack my voice and my freedom and my self-expression. And it took me about four years of uh, inner turmoil and internal conflict and trying to be who I thought the world wanted me to be, trying to fit myself into that box until I finally mustered up the courage at 18 to, to break free. And I would say that's when my life began, when I realized what I need to do. I looked into my future. And How I did saw, your dad respond to that? Uh, we spoke, you know, as I looked into my future and I saw that if I lie to myself now, I'm going to have to lie to myself for the rest of my life to get my dad's approval. And so right. I decided, yeah, let me have this conversation. I grieved for about four years. Uh, yeah. And uh, we didn't speak for, four, for about two years. Let's put it that way. Wow. So it didn't go over too well. It was, was heartbreaking, challenging. You know, sometimes people think when you find your purpose in life, like, like, like that, everything is, you've arrived. I think when you find your purpose in life, sometimes that's when the, the challenges really begin. The difficulties mm -hmm. really begin. You have to go through certain tests in order to grow, in order to evolve, in order to develop the mental, spiritual, psychological, spiritual muscle to become the person that is capable of, of fulfilling the dream and the vision that you have. And so we didn't speak for two years, but longer story short, I ended up winning literally winning a green card in the green card lottery. Wow. And, that, and that's what enabled me to come to the US, like no parental support. I mean, my mother supported me, but no support sure. from my father, no money, no university degree, um, just a vision. Like I felt this calling in my soul to come to yeah. America, to come to LA, because in LA, this is where all of the, the self-help personal growth teachers lived, you know, Louise Hay, Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins, Marianne Williamson. And... I read all of their books growing up and I wanted to go into this field. And so I thought, this is the place. LA is the place. It. And I so it. I think sometimes when your soul guides you, it doesn't always make sense to your mind. Mm. But it's not always comfortable. It's not always convenient. But what I, what I have found throughout my life is when you follow your soul and you don't compromise the the listening and the obedience and the guidance to your own soul you will always end up in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing even though the route that you take isn't the one that you most expect and so uh i followed my soul and one the screen card showed up two suitcases you know one in the country went and found teachers and many of the folks i read about went and found them yeah. and studied with them and learned from them and then you know, a few years later, after being in the US, I got to the place where I was tired of reading the books. I wanted to know the truth for myself. Like, who am I? Why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? Okay, it's great that Chopra says it and this person says it, but like, 
What do I know to be true? And that's when I uh, basically, once again, gave everything up, put everything in storage, shaved my head and traveled. When walked the Camino in northern Spain, wow. 900 kilometers with a backpack. And then went to India. And I basically said, I'm not coming back to America until I find certain answers for myself. And I traveled in search of answers, you know, going to the Himalayas, meeting with gurus and teachers, seeking, seeking. And, and uh, in about three months, I found certain things that I was not expecting. And that's when I came back to America and began working with people. No idea what I was doing yeah. other than a pure just a pure desire to help people and inspire people in some way. And that's, that's when I began coaching 21 years ago, coaching people um, before coaching was even popular. Right. And one, one person came and another person showed up and another person showed up. And then I evolved my way of working with people. I called it uncoaching. And then people started coming from around the world. And well, we I'm, I'm glad you went on your trip. Cause I read mm -hmm. the magic of surrender. Oh, nice. Uh, listen, it's an unbelievable read. And uh, it, what is surrender? Yeah, I think in our culture, there's so many misconceptions that we have about surrender. This idea that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender is giving up, that surrender is waving the white flag, that if you surrender, you are going to get left behind. If you surrender, you're going to uh, be taken advantage of if you surrender you you're going to be a doormat you you won't be able to manifest your goals your dreams your desires if you surrender uh, you're going to get less in life and I'm actually saying no if you really understand the real essence of real surrender like what if you didn't get less but you got more what if you maybe not what you expected but what if you got more than you could have planned and imagined with your conscious egos human personal power you know imagination what if it was better? And that's, to me, the magic. The book is called The Magic of Surrender. Magic is that which is beyond your human capacity to envision and imagine what's possible. And we all want the magic, but we don't want to surrender. And so there is no magic without surrender. And I think that surrender is really the most powerful thing that we can do. I think that surrender is the real secret to manifestation, is the real key to the next level of our lives. It's the password to freedom. If you look at any of the the great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Mandela, Martin Luther King, uh, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, at some point, they all surrendered themselves to life, to the universe, to the divine, to God, to their soul, to, to that purpose that was bigger than themselves. And in that surrender, they transcended their human limitations they tap into another dimension of life. And, and it's as though life used them, you know, life, mm -hmm. life expressed through them. And that's when these humans, they like, they were able to, to, to create movements that impacted society. And so surrender is a letting go of control, or we should say the illusion that we are in control, control sure. being a master addiction. Surrender is when we stop trying to force and control and manipulate life to fit our limited idea of how we think it should be and who we think we should be and, and, and let go of the idea of how we think life should be so that we can be available and open is when we take the limitations off of life and live with curiosity and allow life to show us, allow life to lead us. And so 
just to clarify, you know, to me, the old paradigm of manifestation and living life is all about the ego-based model for living life, which is all about like, know what you want, get clear on what you want, make it happen, go for it, manifest. You can live life and create from the level of the ego, but I have found it would always be limiting, limited in some way. You might achieve what you thought you wanted, only to realize that what you thought you wanted was just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. But if you're not in touch with who you really are, often your goals will be projections of unmet needs from childhood. And so sure. for me, so the, question, say, the question you know, to ask is, is not what do I want? It's, it's, it's a bigger question. It's more like, what is it that life is seeking to express through me? What is it that the universe is seeking to manage? What is it that my soul is seeking to express? And then attune to that, feel that, listen for that, catch that vision. Then you can align your goal setting and your strategies and your marketing and all of that in alignment and in sync with the guidance of your soul. Got it. Okay, let's say you mentioned Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, yeah. all these, you know, Larger than life figures. Yep. Let's say I'm a guy working 50 hours a week at a job oh. I hate. Yep. Um, or I'm a realtor. I work with a ton of realtors around the country. You have no schedule. You're at the mercy of someone calling you and saying, I need to put my house on the market. I need to see this home in five minutes. How does one come to the place of, all right, I got to start this process of surrender. How do you, how do you begin that process when life yeah. is coming at you in every direction. Maybe you don't have enough money to, you know, meet the end of the month. You know, I think, I think the a beginning point where people can start practically, look, I think one of the reasons we stay stuck, one of the reasons we don't break through to the next level are because we are constantly lying to ourselves as human beings. We stay in relationships that we know. We know it's not aligned and wonder why am I not happy? But we know. We, we work jobs that we hate. We betray ourselves saying yes when we mean no constantly to get love, validation from other people. And, and so... Are you ready for a journey of inspiration and personal growth? I'm excited to announce the release of my book, The Long Run, Lessons and Perseverance in Business and Life now available at major book retailers and also available on Audible. Life is full of challenges, but it's how we face them that truly defines us. Get ready to embark on a magical run through life with stories that will inspire you to push through the toughest of times and achieve greatness. Remember, the key to success in life lies in the perseverance, and perseverance is found in the long run. Stay in the race. Visit benandrews.com for more information. Because we are constantly lying to ourselves as human beings. We stay in relationships that we know. We know it's not aligned and wonder why am I not happy? But we know. We, we work jobs that we hate. We betray ourselves saying yes when we mean no constantly to get love validation from other people. And, and so when you feel pain in your life, and many of us do feel emotional pain, which is 
depression, lack of energy, constant frustration, level levels of pain, physical pain, a backache, shoulder ache, which is a temporary ailment, uh, a dis-ease in some way, life isn't flowing, that sense of things are just not in flow. To me, this is all levels of pain. And pain is feedback. Pain is a blessing. Pain is, to me, is your friend. Pain is simply giving you a message that there's something you're not listening to, that this that there's something you're lying about, you're not being honest about, you're not being truthful about, you're not be living in integrity with. So whenever we lie to ourselves, it's meant to be painful. Whenever you lie to yourself in some way, it's not meant to feel good. And so I think if people want to begin the process of surrendering, begin the process of freeing themselves, you have to be willing to, to tell the truth to yourself. And so I will just start with the question. Okay, what, what lies am I telling myself? But you have to be serious. Like, what lies am I telling myself? Wow. Okay. Well, what am I pretending to not know? And, and just get, there is no transformation without truth. There is no breakthrough without honesty, without truth, without self-awareness. And it might just simply start by saying, I hate my job. I hate what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, I'm not in love anymore. But what I would also tell people is, or, or it might be, Acknowledging, you know what, I, I have an alcohol problem. Just, just own the truth. Mm -hmm. Start with the truth. You have to want to be free more than you want what you have or more than you want what you think you want. To me, it's the you truth see. that will set you free. And just, right. just start with the truth. That begins a process inside. But I will say, take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action. Because sometimes the fear of the consequence is what blocks us, the ego kicks in and starts creating a smoke screen, a protective mechanism of like, I'm confused, I don't know, I'm not sure. Uh, and then we get confused and, and because we're afraid, we're like, well, I'm not clear. The truth is we know deep inside. But if you take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action, you can just start with the truth. I'm not in love and it's scary and I'm feeling that and I don't know what to do. But just start feeling that. Allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to get in. You can't change something if you are not acknowledging the truth about where you're at. You can only change something when you get into relationship with the truth about what it is and what it isn't. You know, And so okay. I think we have to okay. be willing to start with the truth. I'm unhappy. This is not working. This partnership is not working. This relationship with my business partner, this is not working. And just, just get in touch with the truth. You don't have to break up. You don't have to leave. But just start with the truth. And that begins a process inside. You see the ego, and we can go in deeply, as deep as you want into this. Part of why change or surrender or letting go feels difficult is the ego. The ego is the perceived sense of what we believe ourselves to be based on past experiences, memories, history, belief structures, belief systems that we hold on to. And the degree to which we're conditioned to believe we are the ego is the degree to which we're not free, the degree to which we're not happy, the degree to which we will often resist surrender because, you know, the job of the ego is to protect you from getting hurt like you were hurt when you were a kid, like you were hurt when you were in your teens, when you were young. And the job of the ego is to reinforce its existence. So one of the ways that the ego uh, uh, reinforces its, its existence and stays comfortable in a comfort zone is to not change. And one of the ways we don't change is we live in denial and we lie. 
Because if I don't change, then I can just kind of stay the same. And then I know who I am. I know what it is. Even if what I'm living is painful, even if the relationship I'm in is hell, at least I know the kind of hell it is. And at least I know who I am inside of that. And that's why the ego doesn't want to change. Even if we say we want to change, the ego doesn't want to change. The ego wants everything and everyone else to change, but it doesn't want to change. And so we have to be willing just to start with the truth. I'm not happy. It's scary to say that because yeah. to question yourself, but the ego's like, oh shit, like surrender means a death to the ego. And that's why we tend to resist. Yeah. You know, my coach, I, I ran professionally, I was training for the Olympics. Wow. And my coach approached me one day and he said, Ben, you just, you got to surrender. You got to just give in to it. And I said, well, what is that? And he goes, your ego's in the way. And my, my thought was, well, my ego is the thing that's driving me. My ego is the thing that gets me to the starting line, knowing that I can beat anybody. But it was also the thing three, four weeks later, where we finally had the conversation of, okay, in this scenario, your ego is in the way because that's getting in the way of you surrendering. And once you let go of both, boom, you know, I had a four or five second improvement because yeah. it was, I was competing against myself. The ego was in the way of me having any sense of surrender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to switch gears real quick. Because in the beginning of the book, you, you tell the story about your mom. Mm. And what, what did you learn through that story? You can tell the story. And, and what did oh. you learn through that? Look, my mother was the person I loved the most on the planet. Um, she told me about love. And she gave me so much love in a pure way. And so I love my mother. And this was about 2016. I was on a high from my first book being a bestseller. And I actually got off Larry King. And the next day I get this phone call. Um, and, and, and I was told, your mother has stomach cancer. Call her from my, from my dad. And so I call my mother. She confirms it's true. And it doesn't really hit you yet. You know, it, it's, 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 so it was all so surreal. And I began flying back and forth from LA, where I lived, to London, where she lived, every month for a week to be with her, every month for a year, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And what started off as the worst year of my life ended up being the best year of my life in a certain way. Um, And I would sit with her in her chemo sessions, and I would just hold her hand, and we would just talk about life. I realized I haven't done this since I was a child, just spending all this time with my mother. And why did I wait till she was dying to to have this time with her? And about seven months into the process, and of course, I wanted her to heal. I wanted her to get well. And I tried to make her take these supplements and she wasn't taking them. And so eventually I had to just let go. But about seven months into the process, the doctors finally said, there's nothing that we can do for you. Basically, you're going to die. And it's going to be days, weeks, months, but definitely not more than a year. So get ready. And I looked at my mother, and this is where a pivotal moment of my life occurred. I looked at my mother and I said, are you afraid? My mother looked me in the eyes and she said, "Uh, I'm not afraid because I know I'm not this body. This body just a temporary vehicle for my soul and this body will die but my soul is eternal and i'll be with you from the other side guiding you so i'm not afraid and she had such a conviction and knowing that it was 
palpable. And I looked her in the eyes, wanting to be a good son. And I said to her, what can I do for you in your final days? What do you need? What do you, what do you want? What, what, what can, where can I take you? What can I buy you? And she looked me in the eyes and she said to me, there's nothing I want and there's nothing I need. The only thing I want is what God wants for my life. And in that moment, you know, I saw the peace in her eyes. And this whole year, I understood why she was free, why she was in peace. She was totally surrendered. She wasn't attached to living. She wasn't attached to dying. She was surrendered to the highest unfolding of her soul's journey. And that was her peace. That was her freedom. You know, she was just open and available to life. And that's when I saw that surrender really is the password to freedom. You know, now yeah. there's the power in surrender. And it was being demonstrated for me. And even, you know, people think, well, well, surrender is just for like the yogis on a mountaintop. But like <laughs> in the face of death, yeah, you talk about what about the people in the face of you dying? My mother lived it and like really lived it. And she was free. Uh, truly, yeah. I didn't see her cry. I didn't see her complain. She was at peace. And and I saw that it was because she had surrendered, you know, in a yeah. very profound way. And that was the magic. And that was the blessing of my mother. Yeah. My beautiful <laughs> story. My dad has a similar one where he was going in for open heart surgery and my whole family was around. And I saw him struggle with God my whole life. You know, whether it's, um, you know, I got arrested, I had to go to jail or you know, there's a bad breakup, whatever the case is, you see him struggle with God, where are you right now? Mm -hmm. And when he was being wheeled into his open heart surgery, you know, I'm crying like dad, dad, dad. And he's like, Ben, it's, mm -hmm. it's fine. I know where I'm going. If this is it, I know where I'm going. And I hope I see you there, but this is all temporary. Yeah. Um, you, you've coached people, a lot of people, um, what are some of the examples you've seen of individuals, you know, not, not on a macro scale, but a micro scale, like some examples of things you've seen people go through when they have surrendered? I mean, everything you can imagine, you know, people starting from being in miserable and unhappy relationships and, you know, frustrated, unhappy, arguing misery and finally having the courage to have a conversation with their spouse thinking that it was going to be the worst thing on the planet and their spouse also saying well i'm not exactly in love with you either like let's, <laughs> i'm thinking the same thing thank, thank god we spoke let's let, and, <laughs> right. and breaking up and the breakup was was you could say much better than they could imagine and now they're sure. both happy on the other side you know right. and so and so there's an example you know sometimes it's a client who has been avoiding their pain their entire life. And they finally said, you know what? I'm willing to face my pain. I'm willing to face my, my inner demons. I'm willing to face whatever I've been running from. I don't even know what I've been running from. And they've had the courage to go inside and do the inner work to face themselves and deal with the pain and process the pain. And they come out on the other side and feel a depth of freedom, you know, beyond, that, beyond they, what they could have imagined before. And so, I mean, I could share story after story. I mean, it's been 20 some years of stories 
uh, that I would bore you with, but but <laughs> everything imaginable, you know, I, I think that when we truly surrender and commit to doing the inner work, we free ourselves. And when yeah. we free ourselves, life opens up in profound ways. Yeah. My wife and I had a bed that we bought, spent a ton of money on this, you know, mattress. And after about a year, one of us said to the other, like, God, this bed kind of sucks. And, oh, my God, I'm glad you said this because I want to get rid of this thing. And get this <laughs> too. Same thing. You know, we just finally had that conversation. Yeah. Um, this bed sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think for all of us, the next level of your life requires the next level of you. And the next level of you is mm. going to require that you let go of who you've been. You cannot manifest that next level being the old version of yourself. You will have to let go of that which is no longer a vibrational match, those people that are no longer aligned. But what we tend to do, because the ego out of self-preservation, out of familiarity, out of comfort, is hold on to who we were, hold on to what we were, hold on to who we've been. And we don't realize that when we hold on to what is no longer working, we are blocking our blessing. And when we're holding on to that which is no longer aligned, we are, we are sort of affirming our lack of trust in the universe and so I think when we're able to just trust and let go, then we create more space in our life. And so I think what's important to say is, is talking about how, how do we surrender? We have to be willing to be honest about what is not working, about what doesn't feel aligned anymore, which can be scary because, of, oh, shoot, if I really acknowledge what's not working, now what? But if I just kind of pretend it's working or distract myself, then I can just keep going and stay the same, which is ego's you know game of self-preservation but there is a difference like people often miss a certain phase before surrender there's a difference between acceptance and surrender okay acceptance is okay it is what it is i accept it my wife is who she is i, I don't like what she's being but I'll accept it, but I'm going to kind of withhold love and I'm not really going to play. I'm not going to be fully open because I don't like what she's being. You accept it, but you're not surrendered. Surrender is that open-hearted participation with the process of life that is happening. It's the open-hearted participation with the process of life. And so between acceptance and surrender is a phase that most people miss, and it's called grieving. And grieving is the portal, the bridge, the doorway to true, authentic surrender. Because surrender is a death. It's a death of a phase of life. It's a death of who you were. It's a death of uh, an identity, an idea, a relationship, what could have been. And, and, and so to truly surrender, you have to feel and release and let go and allow yourself to grieve what was like i had a, you, had a i had a dear friend i give an example i had a dear friend she came to me and she said she was getting married to the love of her life like she finally freaking met the love of her life the happiest day of her life leading up to this she was like so sad and and she didn't understand like why am i so sad and when we started to talk about it through our conversation she understood that yes, she loved this person. It was the right decision. She was excited, but she'd been single for so long that as excited as she was, 
there was a part of her identity that was dying to the old, the old single woman, the old single version, the old, old idea of what freedom used to be. And, and, and what she didn't realize consciously is, oh my God, I'm dying. And there's a part of me that's sad about the version of me that's dying. Even though I'm excited about the new, she had to allow herself to grieve who she was so that she could fully open to the beauty of what she was stepping into. And she, and she kept suppressing the grief because she kept saying, I, I, should be, I shouldn't be sad. I should be happy. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel grief. I'm getting married. And so she kept suppressing and suppressing and suppressing, which kept her stuck even more. In our culture today, we're not taught how to feel, feel our sadness. We're not taught how to deal with our grief. We're taught, well, you feel some grief? Just, just, just take a pill. You feel some grief? Just right. meditate it away. You feel some grief? Oh, don't feel the grief. Just distract it. And so I think to truly surrender it's like letting go of an old relationship. If you don't grieve the old relationship authentically and fully, there'll be a part of your heart that is stuck in the past and the part of your heart that is not available. So you might meet someone new by chance, by luck, by grace, but there'll be a part of you that won't be fully open to the new relationship because you haven't let go and grieved the old. And so I think grieving, grieving is an important key to surrender that most people miss. And so I would invite people to sit with what is it that I have not allowed myself to grieve? Many of us were walking around with layers of grief, layers of grief that we have not fully allowed ourselves to process. And so just, I'm not saying wallow in pain, wallow in being sad. No, just acknowledge the grief, let it go. All feelings remain present until fully felt. So we can feel the grief, acknowledge the grief, release the grief. There's more space for us to open. I heard you say earlier, letting go. You said that a couple of times. What's the, is there a difference between letting go and surrendering? I mean, I use them, you could say synonymously, but to me, surrender is that open hearted. Like when you, when you're like, I'm going to roll my sleeves up and I'm going to participate in this experience with all my heart. You can let go, which is kind of like, okay, I, I let go, but I, I'm not going to be like participating. Surrender is the participation. It's that full participation where you're like, I am going to embrace this experience fully. And I'm going to use this, even if it's a challenging experience, I'm going to use this experience for my soul's growth and evolution. I'm even going to celebrate through this experience. I'm going to be grateful for this experience. I'm going to be grateful for the prayers that weren't answered. I'm going to be grateful for this moment because somehow I know this situation is working for my highest good, even though I don't know what it is right now. So surrender is at an open-hearted participation. I think we have to realize that we are souls. When you realize that you are a soul, that you've incarnated into this human experience, this human experience is like a university, a classroom for your soul's growth and evolution. And everything is part of your curriculum. Your mom is your teacher. Your dad is your teacher. Your boss is your teacher. Your spouse is your teacher. Your kid. Everything is your teacher. Everything is part of the lesson. When you're able to embrace life, not just from a goal line, but a soul's line perspective and see life as I'm a soul and I'm here to grow and evolve. And then you can start seeing life and cultivating a complete different relationship with life so that part of the surrender in a difficult situation is not just to the situation, it's to what is my soul seeking to learn in this experience. And then when you can shift your perspective to learning the lesson where you are with who you're with, 
you surrender to that, that's where you learn the lesson. And that's when you can transcend the experience and manifest new, new, new experiences and possibilities. Goodness sakes. That was good. Wow. All right, cool. You, you talked about the power of telling the truth. So how do you begin tapping into the truth and knowing what the truth is? If we've been lying to ourselves, how will we even know what the truth is? And are we lying to ourselves? How do you, how do you differentiate the two? Your um, truth and in your maybe made up. Yeah, if you like, 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 yeah, if you're lying to yourself, how do you even know you're lying to yourself? If you're lying to yourself, I think I may have alluded to this, but I think if if that's the case, how you know is you will feel some level of pain, and that's mm -hmm. how you know. You can tell me, oh, I'm never like. If you feel pain in some way, you're lying to yourself. The pain is a manifestation that you're out of alignment and you're lying. And that pain manifests as emotional pain. I'm depressed. I'm feeling heavy. I'm feeling no energy. I'm, I have physical ailments. I have some dis-ease. To me, this can be a sign that you are lying to yourself in some way. Or mm. you manifest, for instance, you may constantly be manifesting people in your life that reflect to you what you are not acknowledging and suppressing. Why do I keep attracting these angry people? Why do I keep attracting these sad people? Why do I keep attracting everybody around me? Is sad? When in fact, you're attracting them as a result of your own sort of energy and unconscious that's pulling in people to show you what you're not acknowledging from your own internal subconscious and shadow. And so pain is often a sign that you're lying to you. You can be like, no, I'm great. I'm not lying to myself, but I'm in pain and I'm depressed. It doesn't work that way. That, that's the sign that you're lying to yourself. Okay. I'm at one more question for you, and then I'm sure. going to just let people figure out how they can connect yeah. with you. You've got, I don't know, something like 500,000 followers on social media, obscene yeah. number. What do you think it is that these people get from you or are searching for? I think it's what we're all searching for. We're all searching for who we are. We're mm. all searching for the truth of what we are. And we're all searching for that sense of happiness that sense of freedom, right? The challenge is we have been mistakenly conditioned to believe that happiness, which is a sense of being free, right? Freedom uh, is the result of external factors. My iPhone, my wife, my car, my house, my Lamborghini, my, you know, SUV, my hairstyle, my handbag. And so we now think that, oh, objects and things outside are the source of our happiness. And we all just want to be happy because when we're happy, we feel free. So ultimately, we're searching for that sense of freedom. We've mistakenly, though, misplaced the location of that freedom in the world. There is no freedom and happiness in the world per se because the world is constantly changing. The world is, and so when your happiness is based on external factors in the world, you will go up and down like the stock market and be more unhappy because you're going to end up being a puppet and a slave to the comings and goings of life, like the weather. And, and, and that's when you end up really miserable and really frustrated. And so happiness, I think, is an inner experience, which is a sense of freedom, which is a sense of being connected to who you are, which is what we're all looking for. Why do we drink? Why? Okay, I'll, get, I, I'll break down spiritually and psychologically what the, me the, the, the mechanism of what happens. 
we think it's the Ferrari that makes us happy. And so we chase the Ferrari or it's the, you know, the handbag or the thing that makes us happy. So we chase that and then we get it and then we get one more. Then we've got to get another one. And Because what happens is this. We attain the object, whatever the object is. And for a fleeting moment, we feel happy. <laughs> for a fleeting, I mean, how many of us listening, you've achieved the thing you thought you wanted and you were happy for a moment and then it was like on to the next. Or you got that new car, it's like the new car smell. And then after a few weeks, it was like, uh, whatever, you know, and what, what's next? And the chase began again. And what's next? And what's, and it just never freaking ends. Why is that? Here's what happens. When you attain, when you actually attain the object of your desire, you feel what you think is a momentary sense of happiness and peace. So you mistakenly assign the object as the source of your happiness and peace. Ferrari, got the Ferrari, felt happy. It's the Ferrari. I need to get another Ferrari, a better Ferrari, a bigger Ferrari, a more, you know, more expensive Ferrari. And now we do that. And for a moment, happy, seeming peace, and then no longer. And then, and then it just keeps going. I need to get a yacht. I need to get a jet. And it just, nothing wrong with those things. So we're mistakenly assigned the source of our happiness as the object, but it's not. What happens when you attain the goal or the object? What happens is for a moment, you stop seeking. Mm. You stop seeking. And in the cessation or the stopping of the constant seeking, you relaxed. Ego relaxed. You relaxed and rested into the happiness that is your nature. How do we know? You look at a baby. They're not happy for any freaking reason. They're just like, nothing happened. They're like, just being, be, just being happy. Happiness, freedom is our nature. We just got conditioned out of it. And babies are just goo goo for the most part, just because they are just that free essence, happiness. So we mistakenly think that the object is the source of our happiness. But what actually happened is we achieved the object we stopped searching and we relaxed into the happiness that was always there. But because we were constantly searching, we weren't in touch with the happiness that was always there. But, but for a moment, now we're actually relaxed into the happiness that's always there. It's not the, it's not the object that brought us the happiness. It's the cessation of the seeking that brought us happiness. And when we realize that, then we start shifting the focus or the source or the objectification of our freedom and our happiness and realize, whoa, it's not really out there. It's in here. And if the happiness is in here, let me go in here. Let me meditate. Let me connect. Let me, let me pray. Let me go inside. The kingdom of heaven is within. Let me go inside and connect with what is within me because that is that which cannot be taken away. And I think that's what we're really seeking. We just seek it through alcohol, seek it through drugs, seek it through cocaine, seek it through sex, seek it through whatever. And it gives us a fleeting something, but not the real thing. And yeah. so that's what we're really seeking. And so I just help, you know, I help point people to that 
but but my work is not really about just information it's about helping people experience go through processes that they can experience sort of peel away the layers of conditioning that prevent them from experiencing the nature of what they are got it it's beautiful there's a famous story about brett Favre winning his super bowl finally wins the super bowl and he's holding the trophy and he looks at it and he says this is it yeah there you go <laughs> this is the feeling i've been chasing wow and it was empty wow you know so you can use that one for yourself someday cool man <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh tell us what you're doing and, and how can people connect with you this has been amazing first oh, of all you, thank man. you for for blessing my audience um and uh getting to know you but uh how, how can people connect with you and, and what do you got couple, going on? a couple of ways look um get the book the magic of surrender it's out on paperback check it out enjoy it it's simple to read and a lot a lot of gems there uh my uh podcast soul talk check that out um if if you've listened to the conversation and you're inspired and perhaps want to go to that next level uh, twice a year i do a very special event to bali and it is for those of you that feel you've been put on the planet for a purpose bigger than yourself and you feel ready to do the work to, shall we say, peel away the layers of conditioning that prevent you from being your most magnificent self and connecting with your true nature and sharing your gifts with the world. Uh, for the last 10 years, I have done this event. It's called Boundless Bliss, the Bali Breakthrough Experience. It's a 12-day experiential seminar training without walls that I do in Bali. And I take people through a, a life-changing uh, experience and process that is really designed to help free you and connect you to what you're really seeking, what we're all really seeking. And so I've done 20 of these events in 10 years. Wow. 2023 is my last year doing this particular event. I'm working on other events, but it's my last year doing this particular event. So if anyone feels a calling, sees the moment, there's nothing like it. Uh, the next one is December the 5th through the 16th. Uh, 2023, you can go to www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's boundlessblissbali.com. Find out more info there. Uh, my Instagram, Coot Blackson. Facebook, Coot Love Now. Uh, say hi. All right. I'll put the, all of that in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much. It's been quite an honor having you on. Appreciate you. All right. God bless you. Throughout my athletic career, I always had a coach, no matter what level I was competing at. And that is no different than our real estate business. Heidi and I continue to be coached by Buffini & Company, who is the largest business coaching company in North America. We also provide coaching for the members of our real estate team who assist us in serving our clients. Now here's the cool part. The realtors who are coached by Buffini & Company are responsible for selling one in every eight homes sold in North America. I'll say it a little louder for the people in the back of the room. Heidi and I are connected to a group of realtors who sell one in every eight homes sold on this continent. So if you or a friend or family member is needing a realtor in our hometown of Portland, Oregon, or anywhere else throughout North America, just know that we've got you covered and we will get you connected with a wonderful realtor who will do things relationally and put your best interests first. Just visit benandrews.com and we will gladly connect you.
that brings us to the end of another episode of Beyond Athlete. Thank you for joining me. I hope you've gained valuable insights and discovered new ways to unlock your inner greatness. Visit benandrews.com slash podcast for a free download. Remember, greatness knows no bounds and you have the power to transcend your limits. So go out into the world, embrace the challenges and strive for excellence in every aspect of your life. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to rate, review and subscribe to Beyond Athlete. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries and embracing the extraordinary. May the wind always be at your back. Thank you.